My name is uh, Alexander Jensen, and I'm from Denmark. So this is um, an environment I'm not so used to in this cold, cold weather. Um, welcome everybody to this workshop, How to Study the Bible. This is one of the most fundamental things you can talk about when you are a Christian, especially when you are Seventh-day Adventists. Studying the Bible, how to get a study life that means something to you, that you are joyful about, that is something you cannot live without, something that is really valuable to us. I don't know how many of you have had this experience, but at least in my life, there has been parts of my life where I thought that Bible study was boring. Any of you have had it like this, just once or twice? Okay. Just opening the word you're, you're, you're reading, and it is as if it doesn't mean anything to you. Okay. But studying the Bible, if you think that studying the Bible is boring, or it is uh, not valuable, then it is the same as saying, you know, that uh, if you have a spouse, that you love your spouse, but you don't want to talk to, to her or to him. Or you love your children, but you, you rather stay away from them. You know, studying the Bible, it is the communication we have with God. It is God speaking to us. We can speak to him through prayer. And he also impresses us with thoughts when we pray. But the Bible is his revealed will. It is him talking to us. It is God's word. So if we, we say that, that Bible study is not important, it's, it is not really, we are not really you know, Christians in the truest sense. This is one point. Another point is, many of us, we know we have to study our Bibles. You know, we have, our parents has told us to study our Bibles, or we have read it somewhere, and we know we have to study. But often, or many times, we do not know how to do it. We don't know, how can I really get things out of, of this book, so I can, can get the message that God is giving me. And this is what we will try to do today. We will not just talk about that we have to do it and how to do it and the methods. We will also try to Im implicate the methods and actually apply them. And we will take verses and I will give you some verses and we will try to apply the tools that we will learn. Okay? And the last point that is we have to pray before we start because we need God's help in order to, to understand and we will see that also today as we, as we study. So, I don't know if, if it's possible for you, but I would like to kneel and we will pray that God will help us. If it's not possible, it's okay for you to stand. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word that you have given us, that you have preserved through the ages, even though many people have tried to destroy it. And we can read it now today without any persecution or anything. And we really need your help today, dear Lord, as we open your word to understand it. I need it. I feel I need it very much. And I really pray, dear Lord, that you will help all of us today to gain a rich blessing as we try to understand your will and try to dig into your words and study it the way that you wanted us to study it. We pray that you will help us with this, and we know that you will, because you want to save all of us, and the salvation plan is revealed in your words. I thank you so much for this, and pray that you will bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Can all of you see me if I sit down? Because if I stand up, I feel so strange. I think I'm, I'm having a sermon, but now it's better. Is that okay? Okay. Okay, let me ask you this question first. Have any of you had this experience? You come to a conference, and you listen to sermons, and you think, wow, that is just incredibly interesting. You know, he's going through all these points, and wow, but the Bible is just so interesting. When I get home, I'm going to study more, okay? Then you go home, you open in the morning, maybe you're a little tired, I don't know what happens, but you, you try really to get something out of it. But it doesn't seem really to be that interesting as when he, he, the, this preacher was up there preaching. Okay? You know, studying the Bible is like any other skill. You need practice 
and you need perseverance to gain blessing from it. The reason why a preacher can stand up there to preach is because that he has used time, he has used perseverance, and he has used effort. And that's it. That, that's how it is with any skill, you know? How many of you play an instrument in here? Okay, many of you. Okay, this is the way it went with me when I tried to play the violin. You know, I was looking at this professional violinist, and you know, he was playing along, and you know, it looks so easy when they play. You know, the fingers, they run forth and back very easily, and they, you know, seem to dance along with the, the song, and you think, whoa, this just looks easy, it looks just beautiful, I'm going to buy a violin, and I'm, try, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try it. And you, you buy a violin, and you try, and it sounds horrible. Okay? And it sounds horrible maybe the first two years you practice. Hopefully not so long. But it can take a long time before it sounds good. You understand? And it's the same way with the Bible. We have to practice in order to gain the experience. As we practice, you have small blessings along the road. You get a little better. The fingers run a little quicker. You are a little better to move the bow. The bow. Um, but it is, it is first when you have practiced some time that you start to gain the bigger perspective and, and the bigger blessing. Maybe it's not like that every time, but you see what I mean. You have to practice and you have to be perseverant in order to be able to play the violin and in order to gain blessings from God's word. There was one Bible student. He said it this way. The first 10 minutes of a Bible study is often boring. Okay? I don't know if it's true that way any, all the time, but it's often it takes some time for you to really get into the word before it, it opens up to you. Okay? I don't know. There, there seems to be a transition time for our mind to just get in touch with, with God's word. So if we, if we hurry along in our Bible study every morning and only use 5, 10, 15 minutes every day, then we will not really get you know, into studying the Bible. Okay? So we need, we need time. Um, I have some, today we have about uh, 70 minutes left and I have a lot of stuff. So what I have to do, I have to select some of these things and then I will give you this, this handout later on. Uh, I will take, I will try to select the most uh, important principles, how to study the Bible. Um, and then we need some time to practice so that when you get home, you only have methods in your head, but you only, you also have a, a small experience how to implicate these, these tools. Okay. First of all, I would like you to take your Bibles and then we will go to Second Timothy chapter three. We will First, look at some principles, how to study the Bible, and then we will later on look at some tools. Okay? Second Timothy, chapter 3. And I know this text is familiar, perhaps, to almost all of you. Maybe not, but that's okay. We will read, maybe one of you could read verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Okay. I would like to, for you to look at the first sentence here in this verse. It says, all of scripture is given by inspiration of God. Okay? So let me ask you this question then. According to this verse, how much of the Bible is inspired? All. Okay? That means that the book of Isaiah is just as inspired as the book of Daniel. Okay? That means that chapter 1 in the book of Isaiah is just as inspired as chapter 5, okay? We cannot, as humans, say, well, this part, this was Paul, you know, he had some strange ideas. 
he didn't like like women at this at that time. You know, he he had some strange idea with women. But this was Paul, so we have to forbear with Paul. You know, but the other things he write about salvation that's inspired. But the rest that was his own ideas. You know, we cannot say like that. Everything is inspired. Okay, the problem is if we start to select what is inspired and what is not inspired, then the things that we like, they are inspired. The things we don't like, maybe they're not inspired. You see? And then the Bible cannot teach it anymore. Okay? The other thing is, if the, the Bible is inspired by God, then it is a divine book. It's not a human book. Okay? That means we are humans, and humanly speaking, we cannot understand God's thoughts. So we need God's help to understand this book. Can you see that? So that's why we prayed. We have to pray that God will open the word to us. Okay. Let's go to another verse. Now we could just go through some simple uh, principles. And you can have all of this later on if you are interested. You can also take notes if, that's, that's, uh, if you want that. Okay. Try to go to Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. And we will read the last three verses from verse 19 to verse 21. Okay, it says here, are you there? It says here, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Okay, then comes the important part. The thrust is also important, but for our study this is important. Verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Okay? So, can we make uh, our own interpretation and say, this, this must be true? No. What do we have to do? If I c- It says... I cannot privately, that means I cannot myself, personally, I cannot interpret God's word. Okay? What, what do I do then, if I want to understand? Exactly. The Bible must explain itself. Okay? In other words, God has to explain what he means. So if I don't understand this verse, maybe another verse in the Bible speaks about the same subject, and explains it a little more so I can understand this verse, okay? So God, he explained it. He revealed it in another place and I can compare it, you see? So I cannot just read a verse and think, hmm, I think it means this, okay? And then Alexander, he says, no, I think it means this. And then we argue, no, it, that, that doesn't make sense. We have to both see, well, what, what, did, what does the Bible else? If we don't understand what this, what this verse says and we are not in agreement, we have to find other places in the Bible that explains our idea and also supports or re- rejects our idea. Okay, verse 21. This is the reason why we cannot interpret privately. Verse 21. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Every verse in the Bible... Is it, is it like this, that uh, God, he said to Paul, you know, you have to write first a, an, an I, and then a T, and then you have to make a, a, a space, and then you have to write a T and an H. Was that the way that, that God he inspired the Bible? No, he did not tell Paul to use different letters, because that would be a problem, because we have different translations. Then that, that would be a total confusion. No, how did he do it, according to this verse? It says here that holy men of God, they spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Okay? So who spoke? Yes, God spoke to the prophet, but the prophet spoke as he was moved by the Holy Ghost. Okay. So, in other words, the different authors of the Bible, they wrote down, they spoke, it has been written down what they spoke, they wrote down as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So they used their own language. 
or their own understanding of as how they were moved by the Holy Ghost. But it was still the movement of God, okay? So it was not a human idea, it was a God-given idea, but people wrote it down, okay? And that is very, very nice because Paul, he was a very, very uh, wise man. You know, he was using sophisticated words, you know? He used words like uh, righteousness by faith and uh, glorification and sanctification, okay? If I'm a new Christian and I read these words, I say, what does this mean? But, but then God also, he spoke to James, a simple fisherman. And this simple fisherman, he only used, you know, very easy words like forgiveness and being, growing, growing better and better or stuff like this, you know? He, it's the same idea, but it is in different language, okay? So that we can understand. And sometimes, you know, James, he has a very good understanding of this part of the truth. But Paul, he is a little more sophisticated and he explains a different part of the truth. It's the same truth, but it is developed, okay? So first, we, we, maybe we, we study James because that's a little more easy. And then when we have understood James, we go to Paul and go to the next level. Can you see? Okay, so it's, um, it's, it's good for us to know. Okay, let's see here. Okay, this is a very, very important thing. Go to Deuteronomy, the fifth book of Moses. Chapter 29 and verse 29. So this, this verse you will hopefully remember after this section. The fifth book of Moses, 29, 29. Actually, in some Bibles, it's 28, or at least it's the last. Is it 28 in your Bible? Yeah, it's 28. Okay, I'm sorry. In the King James, it's 29, 29. Okay? This is a very, very important verse when it comes to how to study the Bible. Okay? Because it gives us the reason for why we have the Bible. Can anybody read verse 29 very clearly? If you have it in Norwegian, it's okay. We will follow in our Bible. Okay. So can you see from this text, there are two th types of things. Okay. There are secret things, and there are revealed things. Okay? The secret things, who do the, these th secret things belong to, according to this verse? To God. Okay? There are some things that are secret, and they belong to God. They don't belong to us. What about the revealed things? Who do these belong to? Us. To us? And now to our children. Okay? So even children can understand this. Okay? Now, why... Did God reveal things to us? According to this verse. This is very, very important. Exactly. Okay. So the revealed things, in other words, they are always practical. It has something to do with doing the will of God. Can you see? Keeping his law. You know? We don't keep the law by sitting and thinking about the law. It's important to think about the law. But keeping the law, that means to obey. Can you see that? It says here, the reason why things are revealed to us, it's for us to do them. Okay? So, this is very important. When we study our Bibles, we have to search for things that are practical. Okay? Because else we miss out. If we only try to study the Bible to be, to have head knowledge, you know, how many sons did Jacob have? Ah, I know. No. This is not why we study our Bible, to gain facts. It is good to know them because it helps us to often apply the different truths in our lives. So it's important with facts, but it has to become practical to us. Okay? So today when we study, one thing that is very, very important, we have to ask the question. First, we have to ask the question, what does the text say? And the next thing we have to ask is, what does it mean for me? Okay, what does it mean for my 
daily life, not for Sabbath school, so I can teach others. That's also a good thing. But what does it mean when I go to school, the way I, I, I live my life? What, what does this verse have to do with my life? Okay? So these are two principles. Okay. I think the rest we will not go into. Maybe we will touch on it later. But let's go on so we can have some practice. Okay? There are three basic tools. I hope I can write with this one. Three basic tools. How to study the Bible. Okay? And of course, you know, I'm very young, so most of you are older than me. So these are, I'm doing this in all humility. I, I don't claim to understand everything. I understand very, very little. But I just try to share a little bit about what I have been blessed with. Okay? These are the three basic tools that um, have been a blessing to me. And I would like to share these with you. And the first is, when you read a verse, the first, first thing you do is to... Observe. You know what that means? It means to look. Okay? It means to see what does the verse actually say. Okay? The next thing is to interpret. Do you understand? Do you know what that is? To interpret? Okay, to interpret that means to um, kind of summarize or explain in other words what the verse is saying. Okay, so if it, the verse says God loves a cheerful giver, then my interpretation would be, well this is, un, my interpretation would be to Give of, of our, our uh, substance is something that God, he likes when we are happy about it. Okay, that's an interpretation. Okay, maybe that was not a good example, but I hope you, you see what I mean. And the last thing is to apply. Okay, so if I read the verse, God loves a cheerful giver, my application would be, do I give something to God? He likes a cheerful giver. Am I cheerful when I give to God? Or am I not happy? My tithe, you know, I just, I, I need an extra money and, and I have to pay tithe. I'm not so happy about this. You know, thinking about your own life, does it, how does it apply to me? When, when the offering comes around in, in the church, do I have to find, you know, the, the, the smallest money I have? Or how, how is it with me, you know? Applying it to your own life. Okay, now I will ask you a very, very important question now. Which of these three things do you think is most important? What do you say? Interpret, Interpret? okay. Apply. Apply, okay. Nobody thinks observe. Okay, let me ask you, if our observation is wrong, what do you think this one will be? Wrong. It will be wrong. What do you think this one will be? Wrong. wrong. Maybe you make a big mistake and this one will be right. But you see, if this one, if observation is wrong, the rest will be wrong. Okay? It is not because these are not important. These are very, very important. But we have to make sure that our interpretation is correct. You know, the reason why there are so many churches today is because this one is wrong. The observation is wrong. Today we have thousands of different denominations, thousands of different churches. And it's because we do not observe what the Bible actually says. We try to interpret our own ideas into the text. Let me show you, let me show you this from the Bible. One, of, one example of this. And after this, um, we will read one verse and try to use these tools we looked at now. And then we'll have a short break and we'll go outside, get some fresh air and we'll come back and try to do it again. So we have fresh heads, okay? Try to go to John chapter 21. 
Now we will see an example of a situation where people had a wrong observation of Christ's word. John chapter 21 And we will read verse 20. We come into the story when Peter is talking to Jesus. And in verse 18 and in verse 19, Jesus has been telling Peter actually how he would end his life. That he, when he would be old, he would be taken and uh, killed. Okay? And now... We come into verse 20, and something happens. Then Peter, turning about, sees the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayed thee? Okay, so Peter, after hearing this from Jesus, then he sees a disciple coming. And who is this disciple? It's John. Exactly. Yes, because John, it was the one that... It was the one that, that Jesus loved, it says in the Bible. Okay, and then Peter asked a question in verse 21. Try to look in verse 21. Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Okay, in other words, what will happen to this man? You just told me that I would die. What about this man? I would like to know what, what happens to him. Okay, and then comes Jesus' answer in verse 22. Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Okay, so what is the answer to Peter? Jesus actually says, that is none of your business. Okay? I told you what you have to do. Your responsibility is to follow me. Okay? And what happens with other people? That is actually not your business. Okay? But try to see what went up, what, what other people thought about this, okay? Verse 23. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren, that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, he shall not die. But if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Okay, so Jesus, he said, if I choose to let John live until I come again, it is none of your business, okay? He said that. But you have to follow me, Peter. But what, what went around as a rumor around the people, what was that? That was that Jesus said that John would never die. Can you see that? Okay, so people, they heard what Jesus said, but they didn't really observe what he said. They thought they understood what he said, and then this rumor went around, John will not die. John will not die. John will live forever, okay? Until Jesus, he comes. So what do you think happened the day John, he died? They were disappointed. And what do you think they, they said about Jesus? His word was wrong. Exactly. That guy, Jesus, he was not right. He said that John would, would not die until he could come back, and now he's dead. We, we might as well forget about this Jesus. That is what I think maybe happened. But you see, that was a wrong observation of what Jesus had said. Can you see how dangerous it is for us not to exactly observe what the verse says? Okay. Now, let us try to look into one verse and try to apply these principles. Okay? We will go to Isaiah chapter 58. We might as well start with something that is difficult. 58, Isaiah 58. And I will actually, while you find it quickly, I will just actually write it here. Can maybe some of you, well, I can do it here. And you can, while I write it, you can read it and you can try to observe it. Try to see what the text says. 
So, the first verse of uh, Isaiah chapter 58. You know, did you know that Ellen G. White, she says that we should study this chapter? Have you, did you know that? She says this is a very important chapter for us to understand, okay? So, now we'll try to understand it, what God, he, he reveals to us. Okay, it says, cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet, not at trumpet, but a trumpet, and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Did I write it right? Good. Okay. So, now we have to observe what the verse is saying. Okay? And we have to read it in a way that as if God is speaking to us, okay? So we are not reading now to find out, hmm, uh, what is my father doing wrong according to this verse? Or what is the church member or my pastor, what is he doing wrong in, in, according to this verse? No, we are trying to read it. What is God go going to tell me, okay, out of this verse? So it says, we, we ask questions, okay? Some, some simple questions out of this verse, okay? Can any of you give me some simple ideas from this verse? Some simple ideas. Pardon me? Okay, we should tell people about their sins. Yes, very good observation. Where do you see that? Right, show my people their transgression. Okay, very good observation. Any other observation? We shouldn't hide our faith. Okay, where do you see that from this verse? Uh huh. Okay, yes. Yes. Does the, ver does the verse say anything about our faith? Not, maybe not really. At least it says that we should not, what, what, how, what, how did you say it? We should not be, we should not hide our faith. Okay, it's true that we shouldn't hide anything because when you cry aloud, then you don't hide it. That's true. But does the verse say that we, we, should, we should not hide our faith? Okay. In that sense, very correct. Very correct. Very nice. And, and many people, they don't think that when we, we as Christians we talk about sin, for example, it's a very foreign thought to them. And so, um, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. In that sense, very nice. Very good. Okay. Other observations. Very simple observation. I would, a simple observation would be here, I have to cry. God tells me to cry. Can you see that? That's a simple observation. Okay? Often we, 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 we jump to the next point of not hiding. Okay? But the, 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 the verse says we should cry. Can you see that? We should cry aloud. Okay? Other observations. We are many people. There must be more observations. Aha, okay. Very good. So, who are we going to show anyone their sins? Is, is that what the verse is saying? No, who are we going, as you say? My people. My people. Can you see that? My people. Okay, so we should show, it's not any people we meet on the, on the street, we should say, you know what, you're smoking, that's a sin. No, it says, to my people, that's transgression. In the house of Jacob, this is the way often they do, in, it, it's done in the Old Testament. You have the same phrase twice, okay, with the same idea, but using different words. So you can see, um, at least that's how I understood it until now. Maybe you have a, a better biblical understanding. But you see, my people here and the house of Jacob, it's, it's, it's two, two words for the same thing, okay? So, 
other places, when you read about the house of, of Jacob, then you understand that this is actually talking about God's people. Okay? So, very good observation. We, we have to show it's the people of God. So, if you go down here to in, in, in Impact Scandinavia and tell people their sins, then, then that's good. Is that how we should... Or should we be in the time machine and go back to that Israel? Pardon me? Or should we be in the time machine and travel uh, back to that? <laughs> the time machine, yes. Well, I don't see any time machine in this, in this uh, verse, but... but um, well, you know, that's how it is often, you know, exactly how, what you're saying. People, they read about the Old Testament and God, he comes with different things, uh, different uh, commandments, and then you say, well, this is for the Old Testament, you know. But still, the principle behind what the verse is saying is still applicable for us today. You understand? We, there's no house of, of Jacob today. Does that mean that this verse, we can throw it out? No, there's a principle in this verse that we can use. So, who is God's people today? That's the true, true church, yes? That keeps the commandments of God. And the, and the faith of Jesus. And there's only one church that does that in the world. And that's the Seventh-day Adventist Church. As far as I believe. Okay? That's my belief. I think, according to the Bible. Okay. So, but isn't it a little strange? Okay. Is it so that God, he wants us to, to go around and then point, uh, point fingers? And, and, and we should go now down to, to Impact Scandinavia and, and show people their sins? Another idea, uh, we uh, have uh, not uh, just to cry you, not just to save the people, uh, but uh, we must show them. Ah, exactly. Uh, the truth that we okay, very good. So, it doesn't say only that we should cry, but we should show. Okay, so if... If I see you do a sin, you know, how can I show you that this is a sin? I can tell to you, you know, that's a sin, you know. Or, you can give her a right example. Exactly, okay? Very, very good. So, you see, different words. We're looking at different words and we get things out of this, this verse. Okay, so we have talked a little bit about crying aloud a little bit about the last head. let's try to focus now on the beginning again it says cry loud okay does this tell us something don't keep your feeling inside you should show them uh-huh don't keep it inside let it come out okay everything okay how do you spare not? Aha, okay. Spare not. What does this mean? Can any of you explain me what this means? You know, we have to understand what it means. We should not get discouraged. It means it's going to be hard sometimes. You have to make all the efforts, all it takes. Aha, aha, okay, okay. But, but please explain to me what does this word mean? Spare not, or these words? Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Exactly. Don't hold back. Okay, when God tells you, don't hold back, what does that mean, you think? Don't be shy. Don't be shy, yes, yes. But, but you see, when God, he knows how we are, you know, and he tells us, you know, don't hold back. Don't stop. Okay? Continue. Why is he, why is he telling us that? Yes? To encourage us, yes, of course. But if it, if this was if this was an easy thing to do, if we would do this, you know, just by our natural feelings, did God have to tell us that that don't hold back? No, it's because can you see something could hold us back? Can you see that there is a risk that we will not hold back? Can you see that? That's why He tells us tells you you know don't hold back. Do you understand what I mean? You know, the reason why God, he tells us something is because there's a danger that we will not do it. Okay? So, this cannot be talking about the time when, you know, when I was a kid and my brother, he was doing something wrong and, and my father, he comes in 
And he says, you know, he, he sees what has been done wrong. He says, who did this? And I say, it was my brother. He did wrong. You know, it's not that kind of, of showing other people the sin because I want to show, I want to, you know, point fingers. This is a situation, obviously, where we are afraid, maybe. We, 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 we would like to hold back, you know. We, will not, we would like to spare. We don't want to, to show. But God, he says, go on. Okay? You see? Does, does this make sense? Okay. Now the last. The last sentence, and then we will have a, a short break where we go outside and get fresh air, and we come back. Okay? We have... Half, half an hour later on then. We will go on. Okay. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Now what does this mean? A trumpet is loud and clear. A trumpet is loud and clear. Uh-huh. It's often used to warn. Okay. Now all of these ideas that we are talking about now. Now. When we, when we come up with them, we can write them down, but we should not accept them as truth. You know, we have to find other places in the Bible where it says that a trumpet is a warning sign, or a trumpet is loud and clear, or that other places where God, he says, you know, don't hold back, tell the truth, even though you don't want to do it, or other places in the Bible where it says, you know, you should show uh, my people, their sins. You know, we need to have more than just one text and one idea in our heads to prove our, prove our idea. Okay? So, if, if we want to verify that a trumpet, that is a warning signal, we have to go to other places in the Bible where it says a trumpet is a warning. You see? Okay? What else? Do you have anything, any other thoughts? Where they say that the uh, dead will rise again at the sound of the trumpet. Yes. And uh, it's like a wake-up call. They are in their sins, and they are maybe they are sleeping, and we must to lift up the voice like a trumpet to wake up them. Very good point. I didn't think about and we will try to interpret, okay? But now we'll have a break. So, if you want, it's a good idea to get outside, maybe have some water, some fresh air, and then we will meet back here in five minutes. Is that okay? Okay. Um, now we will try to take number verse number two, and then you will have maybe three, five minutes to study it, and then maybe talk together, if, if you want, you can talk together, two and two, about this verse. But try to first a little bit observe what it says, and then talk about different ideas you can get from this text, okay? So I will use the time to write it on the, on the board. So verse number two from Isaiah 58. Should we try to go through it together? Actually, I was thinking, you know, we did not do uh, the very important part of applying verse number one. So uh, even though I have erased it on the board, maybe you have it in the Bible still. Um, what would be a personal application of verse number one in your own life? Exactly. Yeah. I also try to do it to, that is a very, very good principle. And then I try to apply it even more uh, specifically. You know, this is, it's a good principle, but then maybe I have this issue with, um, with my father. You know, I think sometimes he's doing something wrong. You know, in this very issue. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, I have to make sure that what he, what, what he is doing, that, you know, the, the, the faults that he has, that I'm not, not, I'm not doing them myself, you know? 
you know, making it even more personal. So it's not just a principle, but you try to think about your, your daily life and think, you know, when is it that I actually experience these things? In, in school, in church, in home, it's often the home that the problem is. You know, we have these good ideas, but they don't come into our life because we don't apply them in our home. Okay, so other ideas, how we can apply this verse number one. Of course, it's, this is, this is um, uh, maybe a little strange because we only read one verse. It's good to read the verses after so you get a, a, a context, but this is only for, for principle's sake, so, so we try to get out of it. But, but other personal applications you can think of from this verse. Yes? I think another point that the verse is trying to make is that we should also learn how to listen when God tells us our sins through his messengers. Wait, somebody, I know, brother or sister or a child. Very good, very good, very good. So that, that we only, we don't think that, you know, we are, we are the one that is crying aloud, but we are actually the, 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 the people of God needing to be corrected. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Very good. So, if I may take your point and make it more, even more personal, you know, I would say, you know, the next time I do something wrong and my father or my mother says, you know, don't do it, even though they cry aloud, you know, I will listen. You can see? That's a good, that's a good, a good point. Okay? Other things, yeah? For me, it would be an important thing to know the motivation, to ask myself, why am I doing this? Okay, and go to somebody and say, look what you did. Is that fair or not? I don't do this uh, delightfully. It's something which, it's, it's hard for me to show my brother his sins. But uh, it hurts me. Yes. Very, very good application. And you know, as it was mentioned before, the trumpet. When you study the trumpet, it is true, it is often used as a sign of warning. If you can see, I have the verses here. I don't know them by heart. Um, you have, if you want to write it down, you can write down um, Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 3, Jeremiah 6 verse 1, Joel 2 verse 1, and Amos 3 verse 3 verse 6. All these places talk about the trumpet as a warning. So Ezekiel 33 verse 3, Jeremiah 6 verse 1, Joel 2 verse 1, and Amos 3 verse 6. So now you have to go, when you go home you can check if if it's correct. And if it is correct that a trumpet is a warning, you know, as you said, we tell people about their sins, not because then I'm better than them, but because we want to save them. You know, the reason why you warn people is to save them. That's why when, when the Bible is correcting us, when God is correcting us, it's not to hurt us, to be, to be naughty to us, it is to save us, it is to warn us. It would be foolish if you see a small child running into the street and the car is coming and you warn that child. You know, the child might think, you know, why is he restricting me from not doing what I want? I want to be in this road. No, you love this child. That's why you correct it. And that's why also we want to correct other people. It's only because we want to save them. Okay. And that will change the way we do it. We will not only speak it, we will also show it. Okay. Now let us go on to, to the next verse. I, I wish we could go through all the chapter, but unfortunately we don't have more time. But let's go through the next this is going to bring some very interesting points. And now you have talked a little bit about it. So, do you have any simple observations from this verse? It looks like everything is fine. Aha. Uh-huh. How do you see that from the verse? Uh-huh. That delight to know his ways. They're a nation that acts if they're righteous, um, that didn't go away from his ordinances. Uh, they ask 
for God's ordinance for justice and they delight in coming close to him. Right. Right. So everything sounds good, yeah. It's not uh, like that in the Swedish translation. Okay. How is it in, like in Russian? <laughs> and not in Russian? No. Okay, what is it in, in Swedish and Russian? Yeah, Maybe it's, it's more like uh, ironic, as if they were a nation, but with Russians. Aha, uh-huh, yes. I th- but I think that's like, it's the same, because it says here, uh, they seek me... T- well, the first thing is positive. They se- seek me daily and delight to know my ways. And then it says, as a nation, okay? It seems to be something fake here. Can you see? Yeah. They are acting as if, okay? But it's only the last that is fake. This, the first part, they do, right? They seek me daily, okay? So these people, what are they having every day? They are having personal devotions every day, you know? So these people, they seem to, to do all right. Okay, let me tell you another thing. What is the first verse of this, uh, sorry, the first word of this verse? What does it say? Yet. What is it? What is, what is another word for yet? Still? Yes. But in this sense, it is true. It's another word. Could you say it's another word for but? However. However. Exactly. You see, when you have the word however or yet or but, then it is um, contradicting what was before. Right? Before, was it positive or negative? See what it says in verse 1. Was it positive or negative in verse 1? It was negative. Right. Because the people, they were transgressing. They were sinning. Okay? But now you have but. Now you have something but. There's something they do right. Can you see that? So there is a contradiction now. So they do. there's something that is really wrong because these people, they are sinning. And they are God's people. They are still sinning. But there's something good with these people. Or maybe not good, but there's something that is not... Uh, directly bad, okay? So these people, they seek God every day. Okay, and they are still having sin in their their life? How can that be? Okay, so, and then, yeah, I will not say anything. What What are other observations? Like yes. Nation, yes. Right. Right. Yes. So it it is not it's not something real. It's something something missing. Exactly. Yes. Other things. Very. It it doesn't have to be something smart. Something very simple. Like for instance, a simple observation would be, they like. To know God's ways. They like it. To know God's ways. How can that be? And they still have sin in their life. Can you see? They like delight. That is to be happy about. Okay. They like. But what do they like? To. To know. My ways. Okay. To know. It doesn't say, say anything about they want they like to do. Okay? The hip the, the, the Pharisees they li- they liked to know a lot, but to practice it was a different thing. You see? We need to come from an experience of knowing only. Yes? So does this implicate that they are breaking God's well knowingly? Oh yes, that is a very good point. That is very. Did you hear that? That you know they like to know his ways and they are still transgressing. That means they must be transgressing, not ignorantly but knowingly, right? Okay. But what if, um, because Jesus says that um, the first commandment is to love him with all their heart and all. Rich young man was kind of in the same line, and he thought he was doing everything right, 
that there was something missing that God saw was wrong, but that he didn't see himself. Mm-hmm. So it might be wrong, but it might also be um, that you think you're doing the right thing, but that it hasn't reached your heart. Right, right. Very, very, very good. Very good. Very good. Okay, what about, what is this? What does this mean? My ways. Who is my? God's, yes. We can see that later on when, well, yeah, we can see that. Yes, how can, how can we know God's ways? So, so these, these people, they, they like to know God's ways and the way, you know, the, the way that they knew it was by, maybe by the scriptures that they had at that time. But what does it mean, God's ways? What does, what, can you give me another word? If, if I go out to a, a person and, 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 and tells them, you know, you have to follow God's ways, do you think he will understand what I mean? What? He gave us commandments and we should follow them. Right. Okay. So a way. That is. That is a principle. Okay. Yes. Yes. You know. It, it, have you heard the expression "the walk of life"? You know, it, in the Bible, uh, it often talks about you know the way. It's the it's the principles, of course. It's it's but it's also the you know the way you live. Okay, so it's it's the principles about life, how to live your life. Very right, very right. Okay, other things. So they they like to know about God's ways, God's principles, and God's w- principles of life. Yes. Well, they delight to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't say that they know. Actually, that's very right. So maybe they, they haven't come to it yet, but they only like it. Okay, it says, as a nation that did righteousness. And forsook not the ordinances of their God. Okay, what is, what is, um, what is ordinances? Uh, for me, it seems that this keeps some um, uh, etas in uh, their life. They uh, want, they delight to know God's will, they delight to approaching God, but they forgot to uh, keep his commandments. They want to find his will, but without his commandments, like something different, something to be special for a time that they like the the will of God. The God God's will? God's yes, will. exactly. Yes. If uh, God's will is... Uh, Something pleasant for them, they like to do that, but if it's something unpleasant... So. Uh-huh. Exactly. Very, very good. Okay, so you can see these people, they they have access, as you see, they know to, they delight to know my ways. They have access to the truth, to God's principles, okay? And they, it is, it is, um, they seek him and they have delight in his principles as if they were a nation that did righteousness and that forsook not the ordinances of their God. Okay, so uh, these these people they have access to the truth, they know about the truth, and they it is as if they forsook not the ordinances of their God. Okay, let me ask you a question. What is I actually said it earlier, but what is the only church today that has access to the whole truth? And that their doctrines, they, it, they don't forsake the ordinances of God. What is the only church? I believe it's the Seventh-day Adventist church. You know, this chapter is talking about the Seventh-day Adventist church. I believe today. The principles in this, in this chapter. Because what do they do also? They ask God. What do, what do they ask them, him? The ordinance of justice. What is that? 
Pardon me? His laws, yes. The ordinance, the ordinances, exactly. But what kind of laws? Of of justice. When it when is it that God He's going to make justice here on this earth? Pardon me? Ah, uh, the, 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 the day of judgment? Yeah. Yes. The ordinance of justice. Well, well, th- this is, this is only my interpretation. I'm not sure. I have not, I have not really found out yet. But what I think this means, what I think this means, and you have to be very careful what you, what you hear I say, but what I think this means is the ordinance of justice that could be the, the, the day when Jesus, he will make justice on this earth. And the day he will make justice, that is at his second coming. That is when he will... Of course, he started the investigative judgment in 1844. And is still now, as we sit here, it's going on in heaven. But when that ends, then he will come down. And then he will... It says he will not come with sin, but he will come to take those that wait for him. And then he will make justice. You know, you, know, you have the parable in, in, uh, in Matthew with the, the wheat and the tares growing up together. And then the angels, they say, should we, you know, take out the wheat? And he says, no, wait until the end of the world, and then you can separate. So the time when, when there will be justice in this earth, that is when his second coming. But I'm, this is only my idea. So you can see, um, this would also indicate that this is the, the, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, because we are Adventists. We are waiting for the second coming. Okay? Now the last thing, and then we are, we are done. It says, and they take delight in approaching to God. Yes? They don't know how to approach to God. Approaching to God is to know the way to God, or to know God himself. And the way to God maybe is righteousness, to say about the ordinance of their God. So they they say they approach to God, but they don't know the way to God. Okay. Yes, well... It says that they take delight in approaching to God. It does not say, it's true, it does not say that they do approach. So it only says that they, they, deli- they, like, they like the idea to do it. You see? So, can you see? Actually, I'm very, I'm, I'm very unhappy that we can, cannot go on because this is only, you know, now we, we discover all the problems we have in the Seventh Heaven Church and we don't have the solutions. And the solution is the rest of the, the, rest of the chapter. So you can see here, we, as Seventh-day Adventists, we, can, we have this problem, maybe. Maybe some of us have the problem, you know. We, we, we like the ideas about the truth that we have. But it has not come into practice in our life. We like to know the ways. And, and it is, we are, it's a little bit fake about us because we, we are as a nation that did this and this and this. Okay? But then the... The, the God, he comes with a solution. Because if you read verse, we, we, we are finished now, but if you read verse 3 and 4, then there you will have a conversation between God and his people. The people ask God, you know, why is it that we do all these things? We fast, you know, we afflict ourselves. And why, why is it that we, our experience is not real? We have all this truth, but our experience is not real. And then God, he answers them and he says, this is why. In verse, verse, verse 3, it says, Behold, this is God answering them, Behold, in the day of your fast you find pleasure and exact all your labors. Hmm, maybe we should have an extra session. We can ask Joachim to put an extra session. We can discover the problems. Um, but I hope the, the time we spent together was a little bit helpful. Um, and as I said, if, uh, if there are um, um, questions... You can come to me afterwards or ask them. Um, and then if you want this document, you can also come to me and then I will try to, to copy it out for you. Because there are, there's a lot of points. Maybe I covered maybe 20% of the different points. So, but that's for time's sake. But thank you very much. Now you can have some physical food. This media was brought to you by Audioverse. 
a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.